Greetings, people of Earth. And I must stress that if you're not from Earth, please switch this off. I, c- I can't allow you to have Earth secrets. Uh, welcome to Now We're Talking. I'm your host, Josh, and today is a very special episode for me. Uh, we're focusing on something very dear to my heart, the arts. My guests will be Marie de Bourg, the curator of the Louvre in Paris, and author Arnold Parmesan, who will be here to discuss his debut novel. But first, since we're on the uh, subject of the arts today, perhaps you, the listener, would like to pour yourself a glass of wine. Well, allow me to recommend Slipman's Diet Wine, the best-selling diet wine on the market, designed to help with both weight loss and sobriety. I'm pouring myself a nice big glass right now. Slipman's is the wine that's carefully crafted in the vineyards of South Korea, and the idea is that Slipman's, you'll drink less of it because it tastes like shit. Using only the worst grapes, Slipman's ensures that their diet wine is so bad you won't want to have more than a few sips. So, my first guest is the curator of perhaps the most famous museum and art gallery in the world. The Louvre is one of Paris' main attractions, and its pieces include the Mona Lisa, the Venus de Milo, and Liberty Leading the People. I'm honoured to welcome to my show, Marie de Bourg. Bonjour. Uh, bon- bonjour. Um, thank you so much for coming here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, I just would like to say initially that uh, mm-hmm. although uh, my given name is Marie de Bourg, um, I would prefer, I would prefer if you would uh, call me how you say, um, Jim Jim. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? Uh, um, Jim Jim. Jim Jim. Yes, please. Um, that is, that is the name I wish I gave to myself, um, after I had oh. a very... Uh, but my, I mean, Marie de Bourg is such a beautiful name. It rolls off the tongue. It's... No, Jim Jim is the name I choose. You prefer so, Jim Jim? I prefer Jim Jim. Okay. Um, first of all, also uh, I would like I would like to tell you I know mm-hmm. that there are these stereotypes that Americans love to say about the French. Okay, uh, I'm not I'm not American, by the way. Uh, well, Jim Jim. Well, you may not be American, but you are not French. That's Therefore, true. Are, are mostly American, kind of. You, mm, shaky you logic, are. but continue. You think I love to wear berets every day? And well, I you do. are. I mean, you're wearing a beret. Right now. I do. I, I do love to wear berets. I am the curator of the Louvre. Therefore, I must look beautiful every day for the Louvre, mm-hmm. for the patrons of the Louvre. Of course. Yeah. Um, where I work. I do work. I, I work as a curator. So, so you're saying I, that even though you are fulfilling that stereotype, it is incorrect. I just love my berets, and I want you to know that. Okay, well, not bad. Okay. I will give you a beret. You will wear it. You will oh, wear it. I'll, I'll happily wear it. Here yeah. is your beret. I will give oh, you Oh, thank one. you very much. Oh, Please wear it. Please wear it. I do oh, not ha- have to talk How do I look? Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Now you now look fresh. You should come to the Louvre and see my art. I would love it to. Is, it's mostly my art. I don't know if you knew that. Well, the majority what, of the paintings. I mean, you own the paintings? I know. I, I made them. You painted? Oh, you're a painter as well. Yes. The curator means you made all the art, mostly. Oh, I, I, was, I wasn't aware of that. And, and a lot yeah. of your work is on display in the Louvre. All of it, yes. I'm very wow. famous. Oh, have you never heard of Jim Jim? You've never heard of him? <laughs> I can't say that I have heard of Jim Jim. Um, Do you not read Yahoo? No, or I, I check your Hotmail account for I, Jim Jim? <laughs> those, those are the main places I would have heard about you, my Hotmail account. I send out mass emails quite frequently. Oh, you do? Quite frequently. Well, yes. I have a spam blocker on. So. Well, oh, well that, it's not spam. I am Jim Jim. and okay, I, but, I, mean, I think it counts mass emails. <laughs> I'll, I'll ask about your artwork later on. But uh, first, uh, Jim Jim, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I don't know if I have mentioned this yet, but I love to wear berets. Therefore, I wear my beret 
every day, and I put my beret on all my pets. Oh, how like many me. how many pets do you have? Well, it depends. Many of them come and go. Many of them are what some people may call diseased because I <laughs> do not vaccinate them. I do not believe in vaccinations. The beret will protect them. Why do you not believe in vaccinations? Because the beret will protect them. But, it, but you've said they're diseased, so it doesn't. The government says they are diseased. I do not say they are diseased. I say, oh, okay. oh, this dog cannot stand up. Oh, you think that's disease? Because really, that's beautiful to me. You just don't see beauty and art. It's a carcass. Oh, you see a carcass. I see a lovely dog. Uh, it that's, sounds like the dog is, is dead art. to me. It sounds like you just popped a beret on a dead dog. <laughs> Well, is that what you think? Because you do not understand arts the way I do. What was your question about? Was um, it about berets? No, I didn't mention that, but um, it definitely came through in the answer. <laughs> um, what does your work at the Louvring include then? Well, as I said, um, the art is mostly mine. I make many paintings. Also, I am the curator and again the owner. I have been for many years, but the police want to stop me because they say. Oh, no, you cannot live in this glass pyramid. No, you cannot live in this oh, glass pyramid. Oh, wait a pyramid. second. You you live in the glass pyramid? That is my home. And it is where I store many of my berets. Where I keep my berets. Okay, but the police I, say you can't live I there. The police don't know. They, they, they say, oh, you you are squatting. Um, You need to get... But they know you're the curator. Uh, Well, they should. Everybody in France should know Jim Jim. Everybody in France loves Jim Jim. Well, you must understand. Except the police. You must understand that the police, they hate the, the arts. And I they, yeah. am an artist and a curator and the owner of the Louvre. But they want to come and take my dogs away. They want to say, I cannot live in the glass pyramid. They want to say, oh, you cannot be naked in the glass pyramid. I say, you can't not, wear, you cannot wear my berets. <laughs> Do they try to? Yes. They yes, do. because they, they confiscate them and say, oh, oh, this is, because they, they say, oh, this is trash. I say, oh, where you see an old pie container, uh-huh. I see a beret. So they are, they, but they are trash. Look, you say trash, <laughs> but you don't see the art that Jim Jim sees. Okay, I admit I'm not an artist. Uh, and, so- when, and, and when I wear them on my head, it is a beret. Mm-hmm. Just like when I put it on my dog. Well... <laughs> <laughs> so what what are your paintings like you mentioned? Um, well, the most important paintings that I would say um, as the curator of the Louvre is the Mona Lisa, um, which, by the way, I don't know if you knew this, the original title was Jim Jim. Oh, well, is that where you got your name from? No, no, no. It, it's because the painting is of me. Oh, well, French... I mean, it was painted to hundreds. Of, it was Leonardo da Vinci. No, um, so see, no, 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 no. You're very wrong. Oh, I thought, Jim, I thought it was... I will tell you something. The quote-unquote Mona Lisa mm-hmm. is has an alternative title, which I called Jim Jim without a beret. <laughs> and who did paint the Mona Lisa then? Charles de Gaulle. He painted Charles it. de Gaulle painted it? <laughs> yes, he did. Well, why, know, why does everyone I'm think it was Leonardo da Vinci then? Because that's what the media wants you to believe. They say, and police say, oh, you cannot, you cannot touch the Mona Lisa. I say, excuse me, the Mona Lisa is a portrait of Jim Jim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Therefore, it is my property. Therefore, I may take it away. Therefore, I may take it to my glass house. They say, you do not live there. I say, you do not understand my it life. It sounds like the police are coming around the Louvre and causing a lot of trouble. <laughs> they do. They do. They don't understand. The tr- you know, I tell you something else. 
Mm. They don't like it because I am the one who discovered the remains of Charles de Gaulle. Oh, you did? Yeah. Are, are they on display at the Louvre? No, I keep them in my bed. <laughs> oh, okay. In the glass pyramid. So they're kind of yeah. on display. Well, yeah, well, to some extent. Because your bed is kind of on display. My life is a performance art. Uh-huh. And so the skeleton of Charles de Gaulle, which I sleep next to, is... Maybe the police are, are angry about that. Because if that well, is a skeleton, where did you find it? I found it in my uncle's garage. <laughs> B- behind it buried? <laughs> well, it was in some mulch behind his garage. And I said, holy... Uh-huh. I said, sacre bleu. I said, oh no, this cannot be real. Uh-huh. And I looked, and there were the little legs and, and- the little head. And there's a little beak. How little? And I said, that beak is the beak of Charles de Gaulle. I know beak? Yes, yes. Charles de Gaulle had a beak. You don't know this? You don't <laughs> I know do the not know this. You don't know the French. How, how, how so you do you know this is a skeleton You are an ignorant American. No, no, no. Hang on. <laughs> how have you verified this as Charles de Gaulle's skeleton? In many ways. Um, uh-huh. For instance, I saw a, you know, I I held it and I saw a photo of Charles de Gaulle. I said, oh my, Charles de Gaulle may have been very tall when he was alive, but uh-huh. in death... That he died the, very in, small with a beak, <laughs> is what you're saying. I'm saying that his bones, they shrunk. I don't see didn't... why you've drawn a link between this skeleton and Charles de Gaulle. <laughs> You I feel like what you've done is gone hunting for Charles de Gaulle's skeleton. <laughs> your first oh, sure. resort has been behind your uncle's garage. You, you, oh, and you see, what you've done you, is find the skeleton of a bird and just say listen, that it's Charles de Listen, Gaulle. right now, you, I want my beret back. You give me back that beret, you do not deserve it. You no. do not deserve the beret, which I okay, usually keep go. on there the carcass of my dog. So oh, it's you really now you must be sad that that's why it smells the way it does. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful and artistic. You say, "Oh, I'm from England." Oh, no, you are not. You are American because I. Can I ask how you became the curator of the Louvre? Oh, naturally, it was when I found Charles de Gaulle's remains in my my uncle's backyard. Okay, so you Gaulle. found the remains and you you took them to the Louvre. Yes, I took them to my home as a Louvre. Here's the thing. I feel like we are avoiding the topic of berets. You, you talk <laughs> Web, I'm. <laughs> I feel as though you you just. I don't know what you. Have You're now. certainly not berets. avoiding the topic of berets. I so I started. Okay, you know what? So I started at the Louvre, and I said, "Look, I found the remains of the esteemed Charles de Gaulle." I you said that them, to the people who worked at the Louvre. Yes, already. I showed them to the Zen curator. I said, "I have this discovery," and first of all, they said something like. You know, oh, that that is clearly just a bird who mm-hmm. died, and it's, you know, they said some really awful things like that. That is a that is a rotting bird, and I said this is this is wrong. This is our old our former president, and you are saying he looks like a rotting bird. So I mean, the I way think, you described him, he sounds very much like a bird. <laughs> I cannot believe you say such things. That's Charles de Gaulle you are talking about. I feel like it's a bird <laughs> skeleton I'm talking about. Well, you know what? <laughs> when you see him for yourself, I will show mm. you. I will show you, and you will see. Okay. He got to, he got tiny when he died. I will come to the liver. I will peek into your bedroom <laughs> okay. in the glass pyramid. Yes. Please do. And you, see you, you are... spooning a bird skeleton. Um, You can also look at my collection of berets, which mm-hmm. you seem to not... 
be fun though. Which are mainly not berets. Let's leave that one on the table. Anything can be a beret if you want it Right, to. but the beret you gave me in particular, for example, uh, was a plastic <laughs> bag. I cannot even respond to that. Anyway, so I went, I showed them, and then when they said, oh, this is not Charles de Gaulle, I said, things need to change, and Jim Jim's going to change them. And then so I So how did in. you go from there to being hired? Well, I moved in. I moved into the Louvre. But how how did... Because I, I live there. Okay, let me ask another question. <laughs> did the Louvre hire you? Let me answer your question with a question. Please answer it with an answer. Hiring is such an ambiguous word, though. It's not. They said things like, you must leave, but I knew they meant you must leave and go live in the pyramid. And I've uh, been the owner and curator ever since. Okay. Can you tell me a little bit about some of the famous pieces at the museum? As I said before, the Mona Lisa, which um, is very important. Um, I bring that up because it's the most important. And um, I know many more, but I just, you know, <laughs> the Mona Lisa. Um, there's also, um, you know, the berets. Can I have I, a look at your papers there that you have? Um, no, they, no. These are, these are papers. These are just oh, drawings um, of berets. These here's... Are just... This very very poor drawings of berets. <laughs> you act as though as though I am like obsessed with berets. <laughs> like, <laughs> you you also act as though you are obsessed <laughs> with berets. So there are other paintings such as the um, there's the Mona Lisa, which is um, very important. The, the Venus de Milo. Oh, of course I know that one. Mm-hmm. Well, she's a woman. Using a Venus razor. No. Um, no, she is. You think I don't know? She's she's using a Venus razor. With all, with she, all due respect, she famously does not have arms. <laughs> she is using her feet. She uses she's. Uh, you know, it's just it's just nuance. You don't understand the French people, and you don't understand Yahoo, and you don't understand Hotmail. I understand Hotmail. No, no, you don't, because you don't get Jim Jim Jim's updates on my <laughs> on my rape production. Okay, um, I think I'll I'll uh, welcome my next guest now. My next guest is the author of. Arnold Parmesan's Parenting Guide. It's a book aimed at both mothers and fathers, and it's about the perfect way to raise your children. Um, I'll let him explain the rest. So, Arnold, welcome to Now We're Talking. Well, hey, Josh. Let me let me first say that it's a it's a huge honor uh, to be on this podcast. I'm very starstruck oh. to be both in your in your presence as well as uh, Jim Jim, who I'm a huge fan of. So. Oh, thank oh, really? you so much Thanks for having me on. I have, if I, if, if I may interrupt for one moment, I have many, many berets for you, my friend. Uh, well, thank you so much. Thank you yeah, so much. No I, uh, I just, just a huge fan. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So, Arnold, tell us about your book. It's a, it's a book uh, that I wrote um, about, about the way that, that I, I uh, parent my children. So what made you decide to write a book about it? I decided to go with this strategy of parenting that's sort of unconventional and uh, revolutionary a bit, um, and uh, mm-hmm. and it worked really well for me. And I thought that that maybe other parents might uh, enjoy to to hear about the way that that I achieved the success I did, and um, and that they you know they might then also be able to to pass that on to their children, and uh, and and it would you know just better the world, leave, leave my mark on the world, you know. 
Yeah, fantastic. Um, before I ask about the method, then, um, how many how many children do you have? Two beautiful children named uh, Brayden and Vance. Oh, lovely names. Yeah, yeah. How old are they? No, I'm, um, if I may interrupt one more time. They are not you have done already. So. As, as Jim Jim is, an, is a good name, I just want you to just... Well, the children are already named, Marie. Um, so. You could rename them. You could. Okay. <laughs> he could. He won't. He could. I, I could rename them if you want me you to. You could not. I, okay, continue. Fine. I apologize. You know what? I'm just saying that Jim Jim is a good name. No, I, I, I let's not debate that. that at the moment. I appreciate the input, Jim Jim. Um, Brayden and Vance are family names. I think we'll stick with them. Yeah. Fine. That's fine, I guess, if you want less berets. Okay, so Arnold, um, explain your parenting method to us, please. So I think that the best way to explain the parenting method is to kind of outline how I came up with it. So I was sitting sitting in, in my living room one day, and I was... I was looking at my beautiful children, Braden and Vance, and they're very, both very young at the time. And um, and I thought to myself, I I don't want, I don't want my children to ever make any mistakes. And oh. uh, so I um I thought, you know, well, what what would what would it take for my children to never make any mistakes? And I I decided that if they saw what they're the, their failures earned them in the long term. They mm-hmm. would they would probably make better decisions uh, with their lives, and uh, so I, I sort of combined that field of thought um, with the idea of of leading by example, which is something that's very important to me. Um, and so the parenting method that I came up with after after this uh, moment of epiphany in in the living room that that one evening is a. Uh, is that I would make all of the mistakes that I thought my children might eventually make before they could make them, and I would have them witness me make these mistakes so that then later on in their lives, they, they probably wouldn't make them. Okay, so what sort of things are we talking about? Um, you know, well, so yeah, just to give an, an early example, um, you know, I was, with my, I was with my children at the grocery store, and, uh, and I thought, you know what? The, these kids, these kids, they need to know. They need to know that they they can't steal. Um, and so, so long story short, I stole 180 pounds of raw meat and wow. uh, walked walked out the front door. Uh, mm-hmm. We ended up, I ended up getting arrested. I spent the night in jail. And uh, but yeah, that's just that's just one example from from early on. Uh, when I was first experimenting with so, this idea, and, so and kid- I'll, I'll tell you one thing, I'll tell you one thing. They they certainly haven't stolen since since they saw that. So so the kids saw you uh, be arrested. Yeah, yeah. I I had them witness the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Was it a violent arrest? Uh, yeah. It, well, uh, actually, it it was a very violent arrest because uh, oh, as I was as I was getting arrested, and you know, my kids are witnessing this. Uh, I'm being very very um participant at first. I'm okay. I'm compliant to the officers at first, and uh, well, then I realize you know, yeah. then then I realize uh, you know, what if my kids ever get arrested one day, mm-hmm. and and then they think. They think that they want to, you know, talk back to the police officers or, or maybe, maybe, you know, be violent towards the police officers. And so I thought, that's not something I want my kids to do, you know. And so um, so I decided then that I would uh, try my best to um, uh, physically dominate all of the police officers, oh, which, yeah. which, by the way, I knew I would fail at. But, um, uh-huh. but that way, 
that way uh, my kids would see that happen and they would they would later on think, you know, oh, well, hey, that's a bad idea. And uh, so, yeah, I ended up I fought the police officers. They uh, they ended up beating me unconscious. And um, I think that my kids really learned a valuable lesson that day. I'm sure they did. Okay, so do you have any other examples of um, lessons you've taught your children? Yeah, well, I, I don't want to give too much away because I'd really like the the readers to read my book. But oh, of course, uh, of course. I was getting very annoyed by uh, my children. They didn't want to wear life jackets when, when they went swimming. So I, I decided, you know, I, I'd show them, show them what the consequences could be. And so uh, I ended up um, drowning and... Um, <laughs> You drowned. That is a. I went to the middle of the body of water with my children there on the beach watching, you know, and I was keeping their attention. And, uh, and, and I just, I tread water there until I couldn't anymore. I became unconscious and sunk to the bottom of the lake. Uh, my, my nine-year-old had to, you know, call 911 and they, they sent the emergency response. They ended up you know, rescuing me. Oh, so you didn't, ha- you didn't have someone else there to rescue you at the time? Well, uh, no, 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 because... Oh, because it seems now, like the smart thing to do would have how been... How would they make... learn their lesson? If now, had... now, the, now the lesson is, you know... Not well, sure, only I mean, if they... the nine-year-old hadn't had the, the uh, ingenuity to have called 911, thank God, um, the, 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 those children would have watched their father die. And well, they would have learned their lesson. That's a, that's a very pessimistic way to look at the situation, I think. I think the important thing that we know is that is that now not only do my children... Uh, know that they should wear life jackets, uh, but they also know that when swimming without life jackets, they should have an adult chaperone. I, they learned two lessons because because of that, and I think that that's the the more optimistic takeaway from this situation. Okay, well, you you have written the book, so I certainly have. <laughs> <laughs> I had a look through the book earlier. There's some interesting stuff in there, some examples. Well, um, well thank you. Thank you. But at one point, you do uh, list the injuries you have incurred uh, teaching your children using this method. Right. Um, right. Could you right. run through some of those injuries? It, well, yeah. And, and uh, uh, once again, I don't want to give too much away because, you know, I, it, there's a lot of good stuff in the book that I want, I want the listeners of the podcast to, to eventually take in through through that way but um you know just to to name a few i was you know teaching my children about chainsaw safety and uh you know uh, lost a hand and um you know automobile safety ended up getting a triple concussion didn't know that was possible oh, wow um broke Wait. broke four ribs that day as well, well um, I, have ju- I have just noticed that the hand is um right say, right what is that yeah, made of is it it's it's a it's a prosthetic. It's made of um I believe plastic. <laughs> okay. But I, I I made it. I know it's made it's it's you made, made it of, yourself. That's very The thing is I'm very in debt. I can't really afford um any any medical expenses. So yeah, I, I had to make the prosthetic hand myself. It is obviously the wrong it's not skin tone. Well yeah, yeah. And but, you you do you have two left hands, you know that right? Um Oh well, yeah, that's true, yeah. I I noticed afterwards. Oh, the, there's also well, that's, that's seven fingers. It's too many. So it's... Well, yeah, it's it was I I it was I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> okay, all right. I, I'm, so <laughs> so, I just, so what I, other injuries? I just, rather, I just rather not talk about the hand. <laughs> okay, all right. We won't talk about that anymore. 
What is that made out of? There? It's I don't. It's some stuff I had in my garage. I don't know. Okay. All right. All right. Don't want to talk about the hand anymore. <laughs> okay. I think the hand is beautiful. Okay. Jim Jim loves the hand. Thank Thank you, Jim Jim. Thank you. You're welcome. It's It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful malformed, you know, deformity, but there is beauty in that. I don't want to talk about the hand anymore. There's beauty in deformity, in disgust. I hate I'm, just, I'm disgusted. I'm disgusted. I hate disgust. the hand. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay, okay. Jim Jim is sorry. Jim Jim says, uh, Jim, uh, take a beret. I have many. Take a beret for my apology. Thank, thank you, Jim Jim. You're, you're welcome, Mr. Mr. Parmesan. I love your hand. I love it. It's beautiful. I love it. I'm sorry. You know what? Don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> Jim Jim is sorry. Jim Jim is very, very sorry. She knows the pain. My dog, like I said, my dog had no legs. Next question, please. Jim Jim does not ever act down. Okay, you know what? I will I will allow him. I apologize. I apologize. Mr. Parmesan, we are not friends. I've read your book. That's how I parent my dogs. Oh, you, you've read my book. Hey. Yes, yes. My dogs all learned how to do everything and how not to get in trouble. Um, yeah, by the way I act. So you have conducted your life in a way that is an example of how not to act, because that actually starts to make sense to me now. Jim yeah. Jim. Well, well, see. Oh, okay. Well, that's so. You know, my beret business is is the most important. I tell them, oh, look what happens when you don't wear a beret. I leave the house without a beret. Mm-hmm. I run into the street and well, I get hit by a car. You know what? That's more. Of a, that's, I was not wearing a beret. I'm not why sure that's the consequence of you not wearing a beret as much as you no, running no, into well, the I'm street. Gonna I'm gonna be honest, Jim. Jim, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. You know what? Well, you <laughs> and, and I. Neither does your hand, Mister Parmesan. Your hand makes no sense to me. No, let's not get let's not get petty, Jim. Jim, come on. <laughs> Jim, Jim, that really hurt my feelings. <laughs> okay, Jim, Jim is sorry. Jim, Jim is sorry. I get angry. I get angry when we. When we just do not talk about berets for very long. You take so long and everybody keeps talking and I say, who's going to bring a beret again? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got angry. I got angry. It's okay, I'm, Jim Jim. It's a beautiful hand. It's a beautiful little little tiny doll hand. I don't know why it's so small. I don't know why you chose such a small, small doll hand, but it's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Your little doll hand is beautiful. I love it. Okay. Stop talking. Stop calling me. I'm that. done. I'm done. I'm done. Jim Jim is done. Jim Jim, no, no more speaking of the hand. Except for, except for, just let me shake it, just for one second, just let me hold it. Okay. It's so tiny. This is a doll hand. You know, this is a tiny doll hand, yeah, right? The toy I stole it from Goodwill. <laughs> I, I think, I think it. You know, but the little hand, you pull it off. You pull it off. You look. I try. I try. You do. You do. You do. I print a couple fashion blogs. <laughs> I will get you a beautiful glove, and they will. It will. I don't know if I've mentioned yet. I just want to, you know, make sure you know. Yeah, my hand doesn't want a beret. Thank you. <laughs> uh, anything can wear a beret, but you know. Okay, fine. I love. I love your little hand. All right. I love it. Hey, can we stop talking about it? <laughs> stop even bringing it up. <laughs> Okay, let's 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 uh, just uh, you haven't you haven't talked at all about your wife. Um, I'd I'd rather not. I'd oh, I, rather not talk I'm sorry, about that's a... about my ex wife. Um, oh, I'm sorry. But I I will say that uh, the the more the more optimistic way to look at this is uh well how do I say this, <laughs> Jim Jim I I am on the market. Oh, 
Your uh, your little hand. I see no ring on the tiny doll hand of yours. There, there is not a ring there. No, and then there's not one that would fit either. But um, <laughs> I could make one. I could make a tiny ring for you. Sh- sh- sure, sure. Well, back back to if it's not if it's not too much of a touchy subject. Could I ask about the situation which which led your wife to becoming your ex-wife? Uh, I think it would probably start um, with uh, when I, the when I started this, this, this parenting method. Um, she uh, was... She you disagreed know, with it? She's more into the traditional method of, of parenting uh, where you don't get arrested and, and constantly are hospitalized and in lawsuits with major corporations. And, uh, and I, you know, I obviously as it came up with my you know brilliant and obviously controversial idea and she was just on the other side of that controversy and um was there a particular incident which sort of tipped the scales there um i'd say the i see i was trying to i was trying to teach my children a lesson i i thought you know if they ever get married i would want them to to you know be good to their to their spouses and Absolutely. uh so so i was just a truly terrible uh, spouse uh, for for the parenting method um and and she she just you know she wasn't participating and uh and sort of hated that i was was doing this type of thing and uh, which didn't make sense to me but but well the know. way though that makes your parenting method work because the, the kids have never right. seen the consequence of that it, yeah right exactly it doesn't make it hurt any less though are there any upcoming lessons that you have in mind I, I can't really do any more lessons as I'm not in in di- direct contact with my children anymore. Uh, but ever since they turned eighteen, I you know haven't really seen them. But um, that, yeah, you know, it, it's 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 it, it, it's what <laughs> it's whatever. Is it because of the small hand? Oh, Jim, Jim, it's not. It's the smallest hand. Maybe, maybe pull your beret down over your eyes so you just not, okay. aren't tempted. Okay. Um, Arnold, you said you yeah. weren't in, in contact. <laughs> you said you weren't in regular contact with your children, but are they as adults? Do you think your lessons have shaped them into good adults? Um, well, uh, you know, without without direct contact with them, it's hard to say. <laughs> but you know, the good news is that is that I uh, I haven't seen them on you know national news for any crimes of that of that sort, which. Which means that um, my lesson, where I uh, ended up on national news for doing some crimes, at, le- at least that one set in. Um, well, that, yeah, that's good. So there's there's at least you know there's there's some evidence of of the the program working. Yeah. Yeah, my dogs. I told you. So, uh, well, there's there's a success story. Yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah story. It, it really is. I think. Jim Jim loves the stories. Well, thank thank you, Jim Jim. No, you're welcome. I, I have. Really, really uh, mixed feelings about you, but thank, thank you for that. Well, you know, I have, I, 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 I really like you, and I think, uh, I just think you have a very tiny little hand. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna actually ignore what you just said, and um, <laughs> instead, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna write down my number here. I'm gonna hand it to you with the tiny hand. With the tiny hand. I'm gonna ignore that as, as well. <laughs> oh, that's very nice. A little bit of romance going on here. So uh, yeah, here, just okay, take yeah. this. I'm very lonely. Um, you, you know, 
Oh, you're always welcome at my uh, my home, the Louvre. Where I, I... I'm going to be honest, I don't think that even you are welcome at your home. Uh, but... Um, okay, so you think what? Because police say you have to leave. That I'm not welcome. That would be a strong indicator. Um. Oh, well, okay. Okay. All right. I, I, I'll still visit. I clearly have no limits here. Um, <laughs> well, if what, you, I, what I won't do. If you're looking for love, you can find it with me and my dogs. And my berets. I don't... I actually... If you could hide the dogs and berets <laughs> when I'm over, that would be... Yeah. See, uh, that's a little bit of a deal breaker. You're, uh, you have to understand, these dogs... Well, you know, just, this is... This has been beautiful and touching, and I'm so glad to have brought you two together. Arnold, best of luck with your book, and hopefully you'll get to speak with your children again. Yes, yeah, well, yeah, well, well, fingers crossed, well, you know. Your tiny fingers, they cross. It's just an expression, Jim Jim. Jim, Marie, or Jim Jim. Marie de Beau is no longer my name. I told you once, and I'll say it again, you will call me Jim Jim. Okay, Jim Jim. Thank you. Um, thank you very much for uh, coming on the show, and best of luck with uh, everything that you do. <laughs> the things I do are very important, so thank you. Okay. That's it for this episode of Now We're Talking. Thank you very much for listening, and if you enjoyed it, please uh, rate us or leave a review on iTunes. That would be wonderful. Uh, you can email us at nwtpodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to my friends Madeline and Adam Crouch. My name's Josh, and I will... Uh, I was going to say see you next time, but I'm not going to... No one sees anyone. This is audio. Uh, I won't even hear you. You'll hear me. Bye. <laughs>